This is Workers' Comp Matters, hosted by attorney Alan S. Pierce, the only legal talk network program that focuses entirely on the people and the law in workers' compensation cases. Nationally recognized trial attorney, expert, and author, Alan S. Pierce is a leader committed to making a difference when workers' comp matters. Today's show, Workers' Comp Matters, is sponsored by Workers' Comp Rx, the pharmacy service company for injured workers, the only one you need to know. Please join attorney Alan S. Pierce for our program today on professional athletes in workers' comp cases. So tell us, Sean, what do you think about the public outcry concerning the violence in hockey? Well, you know, the game of hockey is a fast-moving, hard-hitting contact sport played by men with clubs in their hands and blades on their feet. The team with the most goals and men still standing in the end is the winner. Lesser men play other games. Real men play real hockey. Welcome to the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen in to our show today on Workers' Comp Matters. I'm attorney Alan S. Pierce. I practice law in Salem, Massachusetts. My firm is Alan S. Pierce and Associates, where we concentrate in representing injured workers and their families in workers' compensation, social security, disability, and related claims. I'm extremely committed to helping those people who have been injured at work. Some know it in the form of an injury. Some may not even know it until they become ill. As you probably know, there are many types of workers' comp cases. What we want to talk about on today's program uh, workers' compensation cases uh, re- relating to professional athletes. As you heard in that clip, uh, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about representing hockey players and other professional athletes. Joining me today in the studio is um, an attorney in Massachusetts who is widely experienced in representing professional athletes in these type of cases. In fact, he has many clients from the Professional Hockey Players Association. He's attorney James S. Avon of Brockton, Massachusetts. Jim has served on workers' compensation committees for ATLA, MATA, which is the Mass Academy of Trial Attorneys, the Massachusetts Bar Association, among others. He's a guest speaker and author of countless lectures regarding workers' compensation laws and injured workers' rights. Jim, welcome very much to our program. Thanks very much, Alan. Nice to be here today. Jim, you've been representing uh, professional ac- uh, athletes. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about the challenges of representing uh, that class of worker as opposed to uh, others that are injured in the job? Well, Alan, I would say to you that the professional athlete is a little bit different in several respects. Uh, these are highly skilled athletes that started their road, their journey to the professional sports world at the age of five or six. They have focused their entire childhood, their adolescence on sports, on playing hockey, and they have a tremendous amount invested uh, by the time they reach the professional level. Few workers, if any, uh, ever plan on being injured at work. And from that perspective, they're all the same. There is a difference, though, when you talk about a professional athlete versus others, uh, in that they are in a highly uh, tough field where they take injuries every day. They know it's out there. They, they're they aware of it. But does that mean they expect it to happen to them? Uh, no. I think each person thinks uh, maybe it'll be the other guy. Okay. Now, in Massachusetts, there are exceptions to uh, workers' compensation benefits that affect professional athletes. They treat them somewhat differently than other workers 
Tell us a little bit about the statutory distinction in Massachusetts that may or may not apply in other states. In Massachusetts, professional athletes are not eligible for workers' compensation while they're under contract. And what does that mean? It means that if somebody is injured playing and they are continuing to get paid, they are not eligible for workers' comp benefits. When their contract expires, however, if that player was still disabled, he or she would then become eligible. Now, in Massachusetts, uh, we have different rules than other states with respect to who is covered uh, for an injury. In Massachusetts, um, if somebody's injured in Massachusetts or if their contract of hire where they were hired occurred, that's enough to confer jurisdiction. Other states don't have um, those type of provisions. Now, in Massachusetts, what happens if a professional athlete or a hockey player or whomever is injured during a road game and not for a Boston team in Boston uh, or signed his contract um, in his hometown in Canada or some other state? Are there jurisdictional issues that you deal with? Very much so. It's, uh, it's fairly common. Uh, if it is an injury that happens in Massachusetts, uh, we have jurisdiction here. Uh, if it happens on the road, there uh, at that point would be an analysis of all many factors. Where does the player reside? Where did he sign his contract? Uh, for whom did he sign his contract with? Uh, there are a number of different factors that one could look at in determining jurisdiction. Massachusetts, we like to think of as other states, uh, tries to protect the citizens within its borders. And jurisdiction uh, is, can be looked at in that fashion. Uh, someone comes to Massachusetts, they're injured. Uh, we like to think that they would be protected by workers' compensation law. If a Massachusetts resident is sent to uh, out of state and is injured, uh, for instance, in a road professional hockey game, we'd like to think we insure and cover our Massachusetts resident who is hurt uh, while working out of the state. Okay. Now, how have you found career-ending injuries affect the professional athlete? both physically and perhaps more importantly, psychologically, family dynamic and things like that? It's very, very tough. Uh, these are young men and women that have geared their entire work life and their entire existence to some extent into this, uh, into this dream, this fulfillment of hours of hard work and, and uh, labor. And it is difficult because it's sudden. Uh, in football, they always say that uh, the next block could be the last block. In hockey, it's the, the next shift could be the player's last shift. They never know when it's going to end, and if it is career-ending, it's usually a pr very significant injury. Uh, the unions, as a general rule, have programs uh, to assist the player in a career-ending injury. So in that sense, I can't say what other unions do. Um, I, I do know that the, the pro sports unions in general have a program that's designed to help not only with the career-ending injury, but also with career transition for the player as the player ages. Now, workers' compensation provides limited financial benefits, usually a function of a percentage of the pre-injury wage. How does that uh, work out in a professional athlete? Uh, case involving a contract usually of a substantial amount, but obviously you're representing uh, employees or players that may be in the minor leagues or very uh, early on in their professional career. What are the financial implications of uh, the athlete's compensation? Well, most of the players at the earlier phase of their career when they're in the uh, 
uh, AHL or the ECHL, some of the uh, leagues outside of the National Hockey League, probably make between fifty and eighty thousand dollars. This is not much more or, or less than maybe a union carpenter or a union meat cutter makes. So in many respects, their financial situations are the same, and the benefits are are the same. Um, on the other hand, there are some players, I did one recently, uh, who had an average weekly wage of over $10,000 a week. That is still a situation, a claim where he's entitled to weekly benefits. However, there can be a point when the Act talks about uh, the combined earnings of the earning capacity plus the the player's compensation uh, is not to exceed two times the state's average weekly wage, which is a cap that specifically hits the high wage earner. So there's one area that every so often uh, we can see as potentially problematic for the professional athlete that's not typically a problem for other injured workers. Mm -hmm. I know when I'm representing injured workers, we always look for other collateral benefits outside of the workers' compensation system or collateral to it, such as Social Security disability or short-term disability or things like that, a public employee, there may be retirement disability benefits. Uh, what, if anything, have you found might be parallel in the <clears throat> professional athlete uh, uh, area? Well, it's a good question. Uh, many of my clients uh, come from Canada. Uh, others come from Eastern European countries. Uh, and they're not necessarily here long enough uh, to establish the quarters that are needed for Social Security disability. Uh, however, the, the one difference between many professional athletes and, and other workers, it's not unusual to see private disability policies purchased to protect these athletes who have so much invested and some of whom have very high salaries. So you will see private disability insurance. The unions will often have uh, coverage for different types of severe injuries that will trigger a benefit. And I would assume that you need to be knowledgeable in taxation issues and whether or not the union or the team paid for the policy as opposed to the player. I'm sure it has different tax implications as well. That's correct. In addition to that, we have to sometimes coordinate Canadian law into the picture. Does um, Canada, or at least the provinces that you may deal with most often, have a workers' comp system similar to ours? And what do you do? Do you have referral arrangements with Canadian attorneys and vice versa, where the injuries may have a mass jurisdiction or a Quebec jurisdiction? No and no. <laughs> uh, they don't really have a pure workers' compensation system in Canada. Of course, they have nationalized health care, which is a significant part of our workers' comp system as a private health uh, coverage, and there is no referral arrangement uh, between us and Canadian uh, attorneys for comp cases. Okay. Uh, we try to bring them in the States uh, when we have a player injured. Uh, the other thing I, I might want to mention uh, when we're talking about jurisdiction is we have a network of attorneys that are put together uh, through the Professional Hockey Players Association, and these attorneys are screened and are required to attend meetings so that when a player is injured, we will look at a claim from a multi-state perspective to try to determine where the benefits are the best for the player. And that's a good point because... There are situations where a player may have a choice of jurisdictions and correct. might want to shop around to find the jurisdiction that might have the best financial arrangements or the easiest uh, statutory 
requirements? I don't know if I'd call it shopping around. I certainly would say the, the player uh, will be in touch with the attorneys from the panel that uh, rep- represent the different states, and the decision would always be made where are the benefits best going to serve the player. How have the reforms in Massachusetts that have scaled back workers' compensation benefits uh, affected professional athletes? I know you mentioned uh, earlier in one of your other answers that the so-called cap on partial disability benefits um, discriminates against the high wage earner. Are there any other ways that the Massachusetts statute um, adversely uh, affects um, hockey players or other athletes that you've represented? No different than most other workers, and and that would be the typical professional athlete who's injured is going to be uh, looking at partial incapacity benefits. Uh, These are either educated young people or, in the case of the uh, the professional hockey players that I've gotten to know over the years, uh, they're simply fine, decent people, and they are the types of young folks that have the capacity to do something that are productive outside of hockey. However, earning capacity does not necessarily translate into big earnings. And therefore, the partial cap of five years is simply not enough for someone who suffers a career-ending injury and had so many years of productivity in front of him, and they're all all of a sudden ended. What's the most interesting or um, unusual case you've handled? Well, you know, I, I handled a fellow that um, lost an eye up in Newfoundland um, as a result of a skate injury, and he was flown here to Mass General uh, Mass Ioneer, where he was treated, and that posed potential jurisdictional issues. Um, I've handled hundreds of claims involving scarring. Um, I've handled uh, a wrist injury, which the court-ordered impartial examiner referred to as the worst injury he had ever seen other than when he was in the service and soldiers had their hands blown off by hand grenades. Really? And how did that, what was the mechanism of that injury? It was a severe hyperextension. The player was crashing into the boards. His wrist got pulled backwards, and almost every tendon in his wrist was torn. Uh, he was taken by the uh, team. Initial doctor uh, referred to it as a bad sprain, the, uh, but they took him out to Washington University Medical School where he underwent extensive surgery and he was unable to continue his career. And where do most contracts take place? Um, the general perception I have is that there's a prospect either in high school or junior hockey and is visited by a scout. Uh, are the contracts usually signed at the home or in the locale of where the uh, player uh, lives, or uh, does it occur here in Massachusetts if it's a Boston area or East, East Coast team? Oftentimes the agent will negotiate a contract, and the player will be told by the agent, uh, we have a deal, uh, report to camp, and they'll sign it at the site of, uh, at the site of camp. Other times we see play out, uh, player tryout agreements, PTOs, uh, which are uh, signed sometimes at the player's uh, home residence. So they can vary from place to place, and we don't see professional hockey players recruited in the same manner that you might see the uh, players who are subject to tonight's NBA draft. Okay. 
Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Jim Avon to talk some more about representing professional athletes in workers' comp cases. And we're going to introduce our Case of the Day feature. We'll be right back. Workers' Comp Matters with attorney Alan S. Pierce is produced right here at the Legal Talk Network by a staff of professional news broadcasters. We're the only ones who can provide the best quality shows with the latest legal news, talk, and information in an interactive format you won't find anywhere else. Workers' Comp RX is the pharmacy service for injured workers. Since 1991, we've been helping injured workers get the prescription medications they need when they need them, not just when they can pay for them. There are no claim forms to fill out, no out-of-pocket costs, and no anxious wait for reimbursement. Workers' Comp RX will even ship the medicine right to their door at no extra cost. We also help their attorneys avoid dealing with the workers' compensation carrier, saving them time, effort, and money. To reach us at Workers' Comp RX, call 888-2-COMP-RX. That's 888-226-6779. Or visit our website at workerscomprx.com. Want to know more about Legal Talk Network host and attorney Alan S. Pierce? He's nationally known for his expertise in workers' comp and the law. Appointed by two governors to the State Workers' Compensation Advisory Council on the editorial board of the Journal of Workers' Compensation, leading lawyers across the country with a commitment beyond passion. Find out more about Attorney Pierce on the Legal Talk Network website under About Us. Welcome back to Workers' Comp Matters, where we're discussing issues relevant to workers' comp cases and the law. Hi, I'm Attorney Alan Pierce. We think you'll find this and our other shows interesting. Joining me today is Attorney Jim Avon from Brockton. Thanks again, Jim, for being here on the Legal Talk Network. Jim, we're going to talk uh, right now about our case of the day. And this case comes to us from the Appeals Court of the State of Wisconsin. It's the case of the E.C. Steiberg Engineering Company versus Richard Hetchler. Uh, Jim, Richard Hetchler worked for Steiberg Engineering as a forklift operator, and the employees were permitted smoking breaks, and during warm weather, which I guess in Wisconsin is usually a couple of weeks in August, the employer put up a basketball hoop outside. The employees got tired of playing basketball and instead played a quick game of softball. While playing, Hetchler dislocated his knee and filed for workers' compensation benefits, arguing that his employer sanctioned the activity by putting up the basketball hoop encouraged the employees to use it. Supervisors were aware that the workers were also playing softball and did nothing to stop it. And furthermore, the injury occurred on company premises and the employees were on a paid break. The employer argued that the softball activity did not arise out of the employment, that the activity was a deviation from Hetchler's employment duties, and that there was no compulsion for Hetchler to play, therefore they should not pay benefits. What do you think the decision was? My sense is that the employer did not realize a benefit from the activity of the worker, uh, that it was not in the scope of his employment, and I would venture to a guess to say the benefits were denied. Well, the buzzer says you're wrong. The Court of Appeals in Wisconsin upheld an award of benefits, holding that like taking a breath of fresh air, a smoke break, 
or using the restroom, playing softball was an inconsequential way to spend a 20-minute work break. That Hetchler was paid supported the inference that the deviation from employment was momentary and insubstantial. In this case, the employer, not Mr. Hetchler, struck out. Now, I will agree with you that if this were a Massachusetts case, Mr. Hetchler would not have been awarded workers' compensation. And this brings up uh, the fact that workers' comp is a uh, area of the law is a challenge to all of us because there are 50 states, there are several federal statutes, and every state has its own particular rule of law, body of case law, or statute. And, Jim, as you know, in Massachusetts, we have a prohibition against collecting benefits for recreational activities that are voluntary. Unfortunately for the employer in Wisconsin, there was no such statutory limitation, and the court treated this case as a personal comfort case where injuries that occur during restroom, lunchroom, or, in this case, smoking breaks where they were playing a sporting activity with the knowledge of the employer, that wasn't enough to disqualify the claimant from workers' compensation benefits. We're going to take um, another quick break and come back with some more workers' comp matters, and we'll be back in a moment. You can listen to workers' comp matters anytime on your computer or download the show to listen later. We invite you to join as a member to Legal Talk Network so you can get updates on our upcoming Internet radio shows. Workers' Comp Rx, located in Huntington Valley, just outside of Philadelphia, is a pharmacy service that helps injured workers get their prescriptions quickly, easily, and confidentially. We ship covered medications promptly and will work with your client to find any missing information if there's a question of coverage. We are in the business of saving time for attorneys in workers' comp cases. We even fill medication during utilization review. Workers' Comp Rx is not affiliated with any insurance company or insurance-related entities. To reach us at Workers' Comp Rx, call 888-2-COMP-RX. That's 888-226-6779. Or visit our website at workerscomprx.com. At the Legal Talk Network, we're pleased to tell you that it is our privilege to announce a series of programs with the legendary F. Lee Bailey, available soon for listening exclusively here on the Legal Talk Network. You'll hear F. Lee Bailey talk about the role of investigation and his brilliant defense strategy in cases such as the Boston Strangler, Dr. Sam Shepard, Patty Hearst, Captain Ernest Medina, and, of course, O.J. Simpson. You'll also hear F. Lee Bailey talk about several lesser-known trials, personal anecdotes, and his thoughts about trial lawyers as the gatekeepers of the truth in the American justice system. It's called Conversations with F. Lee Bailey, the essence of investigation. You won't want to miss this. Welcome back again. Now I'd like to welcome to our Legal Talk Network show a representative from a very interesting company called Workers' Comp Rx, a company that I have worked with in many cases. They are providing a valuable service to those of us who represent injured workers. And just as important, they uh, provide advocacy for our workers' compensation clients. Joining us now is Stephanie Malloy, Business Development Manager for Workers' Comp Rx. Stephanie has 10 years of experience working with injured workers. 
She works closely with trial lawyers and doctors, clients and patients across the country. Stephanie, welcome to Workers' Comp Matters. I understand you focus on assisting injured workers with medication needs. Tell us how that works. That's correct, and thank you so much for having me today. Workers' Comp Rx is a national pharmacy service working on behalf of injured workers, their attorneys, and physicians in 22 states, and we are growing. As a pharmacy alum that specializes in workers' compensation, Workers' Comp Rx operates in a niche market that most pharmacies overlook or really cannot compete effectively. Workers' Comp Rx continues to provide the outstanding level of service its patients and referral sources have become accustomed to, and we enjoy being the pharmacy service for injured workers. Well, you know, Stephanie, since we've started using Workers' Comp Rx, we have eliminated a lot of headaches in our office, uh, both me, um, the attorneys who work with me, and just as importantly, our administrative staff probably field a call a day, if not more, from clients who are expressing dissatisfaction and slow reimbursement for out-of-pocket expenses for prescriptions that they have to take for their injuries. And as I understand it, and has, as has been working with us, we simply notify your company um, of a referral. You work with the client to get the prescription, and you fill it, and you bill the company directly. There's no out-of-pocket expense? That's correct. Um, as an injured worker, you have the right to choose your pharmacy, and some of the advantages to using Workers' Comp Rx is that there is no cost. There are no out-of-pocket costs to you. We bill the carrier directly. We provide door-to-door delivery where we deliver directly to your home or address of choice. We are a multilingual company, and there is uninterrupted prescription fill. We work closely with the treating physician and the attorney to assure you receive medication related to the injury. And of course, this is completely confidential. Stephanie, if somebody wants to reach you or your company, how do they best do that? All they have to do at this point is to go ahead and call us at 888-226-6779, or we can be reached on the web www.workerscomprx.com. Why don't you give us that number one more time? Thanks, Alan. It's 888-226-6779. Stephanie, thanks for joining us today on the show. We hope you'll come back on another show. I can personally attest your company does some very valuable work and saves us a lot of time and aggravation. Well, thank you so much for allowing us this opportunity. Take care. Okay, Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, we still have with us our special guest today, Attorney Jim Avon of Brockton, Massachusetts, who has represented many professional athletes in workers' compensation matters, which was the topic of our program today. Jim, any final thoughts about uh, what you do and how you do it? Well, Alan, I would tell you that everything that you hear about professional hockey players being nice is really true. They are very cooperative. They are polite. They are professional, and they're down to earth. These athletes are... are not coddled uh, a great deal, and uh, they're a pleasure to work with. And uh, in your office, I know, aside from representing uh, professional athletes, you have a general practice that involves workers' comp and related areas of disability? Yes, I represent uh, all sorts of injured workers, uh, not just the athletes, and do it every day at the Department of Industrial Accidents, and also represent claimants before the Office of Hearings and Appeals who are appealing Social Security Disability. 
Okay. Well, Jim, thank you very much for joining us today. It was a pleasure to be here with you, and uh, uh, I enjoy our conversations uh, outside of the studio where we frequently see each other at the Department of Industrial Accidents, and uh, um, I enjoy watching you work. You do a, a wonderful job advocating for your clients. You are passionate, and you are always prepared. We hope you'll join us for another show on Workers' Comp Matters. Some of the topics we plan to cover are um, dealing with sick buildings, dealing with latex allergies, and a variety of interesting and challenging topics regarding people who are injured on the job. I'm attorney Alan Pierce. I hope you go out, make it a day that matters. Today's show, Workers' Comp Matters, was sponsored by Workers' Comp Rx, the pharmacy service company for injured workers. You can contact Workers' Comp Rx at 888-2-COMP-RX or that's 888-226-6779 or visit the website at workerscomprx.com. Thanks for listening to Workers' Comp Matters today on the Legal Talk Network, hosted by attorney Alan S. Pierce, where we try to make a difference in workers' comp legal cases for people injured at work. Be sure to listen to other Workers' Comp Matters shows on the Legal Talk Network, your only choice for legal talk. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.